what is going on, Taylor? What's going on, man? Got a nice How you feeling. One. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Uh, I was watching Megan uh, with the family before I came up here, so I'll probably finish that if they don't have the the show pulled up. But <clears throat> if not, they probably finished it without me. Pretty I good. have no idea what that show is. So it's a our movie. It's a new movie. Definitely, uh, definitely pretty good gotcha, so far. Gotcha. Basically about a doll that kind of goes crazy and stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, speaking of dolls that go crazy, uh, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, uh, QB situation going a little crazy over there. Yeah. Let me say too too many natties. Too many natties. Uh, <laughs> just a few, it seems, right? Yeah, just yeah, a yeah. Few. Um, and, uh, partying a little hard. Turned down the Senior Bowl invite. and uh, Now we know why. Now we know why. Man had <laughs> a time of his life, apparently. Man had other plans that involved some uh, some beer. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I understand wanting to party, but when you're an NFL draft prospect, you know, that's probably not the best thing to do. Probably not the best uh, look. And, uh, yeah. So, Stetson no. Bennett, you know, put his hood up like he's someone famous. Like, no no paparazzi when he was leaving the, um, leaving the, the, what do you call it, the clink? The clink. <laughs> <laughs> Staying overnight. Oh, man. Uh, I just don't understand. Like, you're already going to be a late draft pick. If you're going to be a first draft first round draft pick maybe you can get away with things maybe you'll slide in the draft just a tad bit but my man doesn't even know if he's gonna get drafted and now he's he's like you know what i'm gonna live it up <clears throat> yeah i i definitely think it was a uh a rookie mistake by him i mean he's not even a rookie yet <laughs> yeah it just a rookie drinker you know you could tell last year uh after they won I think he was on Good Morning America. You could tell he was just dazed. He had uh, bloodshot eyes. He wasn't really understanding the questions that were getting thrown at him. You know, he was just out of it. Uh, And then now you've got him, you know, on the repeat season. Now he's getting arrested for, uh, I think it was uh, drunken disorderly or public Public intoxication. intoxication. Yeah. Which usually means you're a little too rowdy and uh, drunk where you're not supposed to be drunk. And uh, he got caught and uh, I think thrown my into the <clears throat> clink. Problem with it is uh, the fact that the reason why he said he he skipped the Senior Bowl was uh, because he wanted to train for the upcoming NFL draft. And yep. uh, the only thing draft was his beer. That's all I'm going to say that he was focused <laughs> on. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I will say this. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give him his credit. Um. Granted, I mean, the national championship, it happened a while ago, so, you know, the partying should be done by now. He is still considered a college kid, even though he's about our age. Uh, but... <laughs> My man's about our man, We're about to be in the in the, uh, the the hospice and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like... Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, it didn't sound like he was, you know, trying to fight off anybody. It didn't sound like he was trying to evade the police like Baker Mayfield did, because Baker yeah. did do this. Uh, he was uh, intoxicated in public. Uh, he was about to get cited or, you know, handcuffed or whatever, and he just bolted. I mean, the dude was fast. I mean, it was yeah. it was like <clears throat> a uh, a highlight tape 
for if he's drunk in an NFL game, how would he play? And he was pretty quick. Yeah. But um, so I'll give him the benefit benefit of the doubt. He's still in that college mode, even though he should be, but, you know, a little more mature. But he handled it a little more gracefully than, you know, like a Johnny Manziel has, a uh, Baker Mayfield did, and tons of other players have. Yeah. But he still definitely should, you know, reel it in, focus on your NFL career because you need to put every ounce of effort into it if you want to. Every get every ounce. <laughs> He's putting every ounce every into ounce. his body, but you know, <laughs> maybe not into the draft. I think the the pro, like I have no problem. He won two natties, right? And drank probably a lot more. And yep. the problem is, is the super you know not Super Bowl the championship is over. It's time to focus up. This is you're going to potentially be making millions, and NFL scouts are going to look at this and they're going to be like. You know, you said Baker Mayfield, but Baker Baker Mayfield was regarded in that draft as the number one quarterback. Stetson Bennett yeah. is not in that same regards. Um, and so that's just – it's just different. And I know that shouldn't be that way. It just is. Yep. Uh, and then you just got to understand the outlook. You've already got people saying that – you're, and including us, saying you're probably going to be selling cars in Athens in a couple years. Uh, you've already got people who doubted your, your whole life. You know, you, you were a walk-on and everything like that. You've got to learn to win and move on and focus on the next. Because say if he becomes the quarterback and they have a winning season, you trust him in the playoffs, is he going to go party? Hey, we got, you know, we've got first-round bye. Let's go party our, our one week or two weeks off that we get. Let's go get drunk instead of focusing up. So on the leadership aspect, teams could look at that um, and just kind of – be like, whoa. And especially, and I know this is not a, his teammate and the former Stafford, they passed away in a car accident, rest in peace, a couple weeks ago. But it's not a good look to be like, they, okay, they passed away. And now, now you're drunk. And it just, to me, one, it makes Georgia kind of look bad. Like, you're just like, all right, like, you know, I'm just going to go get drunk before this big old process I got going on. Yeah. And to me, to me, it just to me it looks bad. Um, and again, I know he's twenty one, twenty or not even that. He's twenty five, um, yeah. and that's another thing. He's supposed to be more mature than these twenty one year old, twenty two year olds in the upcoming draft. And they're training while he's getting drunk. And so when I'm a coach and it comes down to a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, and I'm looking for a quarterback, oh, this guy's won two, you know, national championships, and why he's well on the shorter side, you know, I could go with him, but. He decided to get drunk and disorderly, not just get drunk, but, you know, be li- at least at the very least go to j- You know, he went to jail for it for a night. No. Compared to our quarterback who maybe doesn't have all the accolades, but maybe the same. His, he doesn't have any intangibles that stick out to other maybe quarterbacks in his kind of his class. Uh, the so, only thing he has running for him is that he has two national championships, yeah. and it was the team around him that got him there. So. Yeah, and so that's what but, I'm saying. Like, if it comes down yeah. to – quarterback a or quarterback b and quarterback a and b are about the same but one can't handle himself and can't handle his beer or quarterback b who is at least working and trying to get better who am i going to go with that late in the draft probably going to go quarterback b so it's not a good look agree and speaking of oh there we go speaking of the draft will levis and stetson like i said both skip the senior bowl uh (laughs) How is this going to you know, 
affect their draft stock, especially Will Levis potentially going top 10. This could have potentially let him go maybe even first overall if he put on a good show because there are question marks about Will Levis. And then Stetson Bennett, who, again, might be a late draft pick. But if maybe if he would have played in the Senior Bowl and had a good performance, could have increased his draft stock. Uh, I, for Will Levis, I think for him it was probably a good idea to skip it. I don't think there's much more he could really prove than he did in this past season. I, I personally am not a fan of Will Levis. I don't think he has uh, the arm talent that he needs to be the franchise quarterback. He's got uh, one of the biggest any... arms in the game, sir. <laughs> That's <laughs> no, his I, only I just, strength. I, I, I just it's don't just see him. I, that's what I mean. He, you got to have an arm means you are accurate and you can throw it down the field. He doesn't have that. Uh, so I don't think him going there is going to affect much. They're just going to base it. They already have him apparently like one of the top five picks in some of these uh, mock drafts. A lot of them going to the Colts. Which is absurd to me, and I'm sorry for Colts fans if that's what happens. Um, Stetson definitely missed an opportunity here to prove that he has, like you said, he doesn't. When you look at his like tapes over at Georgia, there's nothing that like puts him with the C.J. Strouds, the uh, Bryce Youngs, or any of those quarterbacks. There's nothing you're like, wow, he's got that like really agile movement. He doesn't have the quickness he doesn't have the decision making to like get out of the pocket real quick and make a play happen when the play's dead you know there's nothing there that separates him from the others he's underneath everyone in my opinion uh and being able to go there would have been a great opportunity but he missed out on it and it's definitely going to hurt him in the long run well levis i don't really think it's going to affect him much people are high on him uh so him skipping it's really just, hey, I want to focus on myself, you know, get my stuff going in yeah. the right direction, get everything I need to get going, going. And, you know, teams are going to be like, okay, we get that. We understand. Now with Stetson, it's kind of, you know, you skipped it, you got drunk, you got arrested. You know, now it definitely hurts him. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to get drafted high or at all, in my opinion, now. Yeah, I would say Will Levis's strength is obviously he has a really big arm, but he struggles with accuracy. When scouts go to look at Will Levis, they're going to have to look at his uh, 2021 tape and his COVID year tape. Those are kind of like his two best years. His last, this obviously last year, 20, was it, you want to say 2022? His 2022 tape, nothing stuck, stood out outside of his big arm. He was accurate, he indecisive, you know, he's athletic. And uh, a big arm. And that's pretty much it. He wasn't very accurate. And I know, I know, it's the same with Anthony. But the problem is between the two is Anthony showed more pocket awareness. And uh, he only had one year of playing time for Anthony. So when you're comparing Will Levis and a lot of people are going to – I know a lot of, there's a lot of Kentucky fans and Will Levis fans out there. They're like, well – if Will Levis isn't that good, neither is Anthony. And I get that as far as Anthony goes. He's only got one year. And that is his biggest concern is one year of experience. But Will Levis has two years, at least under his belt, starting. So you would like to see Will Levis have a little more progression. You would have liked to see his 2021 tape take that and build on that. But he didn't do that. Instead, he regressed. So 
as a scout or as a GM, I'm going to take a step back personally on Will Levis and be like, why did he regress so much? Yeah. Was it talent? No, UK had some decent talent. They didn't have an abundance of talent, but they did have some talent that he should at least shown that he can read a defense and he didn't do that. It was more of a one or two read and then try to chuck it downfield or try to go for a run. And we obviously saw a lot of mistakes there with interceptions and stuff like that. Um, at the end of the season, after they started hot with Stetson, he showed up in big games and he is athletic. I don't want to say sneaky athletic. He's just athletic. The kid can flat out run. Think Daniel Jones, right? Everyone thought Daniel Jones couldn't run. Stetson can run. His problem is his age and his height, and then you throw on to the fact that he doesn't have a big arm. There's nothing that about Stetson that wows you when you're looking at his tape. And again, like you said, Uga had a plethora of talent, unlike Will Levis in the UK, who had maybe one or two pieces. Uga had, I mean, talent out the wall zoo, and so Stetson didn't have to do much. He did enough, but he didn't have to do much for them to win. And I don't think, and the problem is, Kentucky is probably going to take a step back without Will Levis, even though he wasn't great and they didn't have a great season. Georgia might actually get better without Stetson. With Brock Vandergriff and uh, and um, company there. So that's a difference for me. And then you throw into the fact that he decided to go get drunk and stuff like that. I know he's a kid, 25 years old, though. That's a grown adult to me. At 25, I knew not to go get disorderly and get drunk and go do stupid stuff and put myself in jail especially not if there's millions of dollars on the line. So I think Stetson, like yeah. you said, is <laughs> like, like if I'm 20, like me and you 25 is a lot different than Stetson Bennett 25. And I say that because me and you weren't going to go yeah. get millions of dollars in a week, you know, a couple weeks he is. And now he might've shot himself in the foot and you don't want a quarterback to be shooting yourself. That's the last position you want shooting themselves in the foot. So I think like you said, he goes probably, I still think he gets drafted, but I think if he was going to go fourth round, it's probably going to slide to fifth, and if he's supposed to go fifth, he'll probably go to sixth. Like, just take a, a round later, and it's definitely going definitely yeah. going to reflect bad on him. He's going to be a great backup <clears throat> quarterback for some team. For sure. Now, we talked about Georgia last week. We predicted their schedules and maybe who's taking over for Stetson and stuff like that. We're going to head over to Bama this upcoming season. And who's taking over for the aforementioned Bryce Young, who is projected to go in the top five pick, which Bryce Young might be the best quarterback to ever touch Alabama's uh, turf. So, Taylor, they have Jalen Milrow, they have Ty Simpson, and they have uh, two five-star quarterbacks, four-star quarterbacks coming in from this draft class, or this recruiting class, not draft class. However, I don't expect a freshman to start right away. Do you go with Jalen Milrow, who did start two games for them? Or do you go with Ty Simpson, who's a redshirt freshman, who you haven't seen yet, but maybe has a better arm, maybe might be more accurate now that he has another year under his belt at being a redshirt freshman? Who do you go with? Uh, I mean, uh, Georgia, it's always going to come down to the quarterback battle. Uh, Take one second real quick. you got uh, your camera catch up. You are... Sounding robotic and lagging a bit. Everything on, everything on my is messing up 100%. There it goes. Go ahead. Nope. 
we lost them, guys. We'll, we'll get this meeting start. Uh, we'll get the uh, the show kicked back up. We're still here, guys. While he, I wait for him to give me a call back. Uh, I know we're getting ready to talk about Alabama, so stick around. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube and Spotify and everything in between. Uh, and thank you guys for showing out. Let me fix this date here while we wait, huh? There he is. Get, uh, got the wrong date up there. Get this pulled up. But again, guys, make sure you follow us. And again, this would not be the booth without technical difficulties. There we go. Today's date is the 31st. Right. So this is a Zoom issue going on right now. All right. You sound good now. You sound sound straight. Is it working now? Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So continue with what you were saying right. about Bama and Jalen Monroe and Ty, Ty Simpson and all that. I think it's going to be Monroe. I think he showed his ability of being able to come in during tough tough situations and overcome those situations and really prove to be a leader. Uh, I don't think he's going to be another Bryce Young, but I do think he has the capabilities, the arm talent, uh, the intelligence to go out there and lead that team to a possible national championship. But again, just like Georgia and every other uh, team out there that's looking for their next quarterback for the season, there's going to be that quarterback battle. And who knows, maybe he's not their top guy you know maybe there's something they're just not liking about him and they like uh their younger fresher talent that's coming in and they give the redshirt freshman uh go uh, so we'll see i think it, i think it's gonna be moreau i think he showed plenty uh to get that starting job but we'll see yeah um i do say like i, I want to see ty simpson in the spring game that's where that's where i want to see before i throw him into the fire i want to see him in the spring game uh, we saw Jalen Monroe play live football and he didn't play bad. Uh, two hundred. He had on the for the year. He had two hundred ninety-seven passing yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, and against uh, Texas A&M, he went twelve for nineteen, three touchdowns, one pick, eighty-one rushing yards. He had ninety-one rushing yards against Arkansas. The next game he started went four, uh, four to nine, with sixty-five passing yards. But to me, what concerns me about Milrose is they're already talking about switching his position. They've already kind of contacted him, and obviously. They're going to give him a chance to play quarterback. But his rushing ability is what really makes him stand out. Not his arm, not his process. What you saw with Milrow those two games was first read, run. First read, run. First read, run. Maybe first two reads and then run. Uh, so if he can make that progression as a passer and a processor, then yes, I'll go with Milrow just because of the experience. But I do want to see Ty Simpson uh, in the spring game, see what he has. And like you said, make make it a quarterback competition because who knows, Ty Simpson could be that. But I don't think there's anybody, on to be honest, I don't think there's anybody on Alabama's roster at quarterback. At this next season for Alabama, with Jalen Murrow and Ty Simpson, with how unproven they are and how much talent they lost with Roy Anderson and stuff like that, I don't think this is going to be the same Alabama as old. Yeah. And I know... Like, Georgia has five stars, and Alabama has five stars. But the difference is, I think Georgia's just a more complete team. And I know that makes no sense. Well, Alabama has the number one recruiting class this year. 
but you can't count on freshmen to play every position. And not only that, they're probably not ready weight-wise, um, playbook-wise, and just not ready in general. Um, usually it takes sophomore, junior year before you fully see the potential of those players. I mean, if you want to talk about number one recruiting classes not painting out, we can just go back and look at Texas A&M. Exactly. They came in with the number one recruiting class, and it just blew up on them. I mean, it was a complete disaster. So hopefully, you know, for Alabama's sake, that doesn't happen. I think Nick Saban's going to be able to have a little bit more of a tighter grip on his locker room than uh, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. Because uh, Jimbo, he completely lost that locker room, that team, uh, that entire. I, I I don't know why he, we haven't heard anything about him being fired yet, but yeah. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen with Alabama. Don't think it will, but it is a fact that just because you have the number one recruiting class does not translate into number one team potential. You know, it yeah. takes time to get these kids together, get them on the same page, get them to understand the playbook, you know, figure out what position they're truly uh, fit and meant for uh, and all this other stuff. So it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. And, you know, Nick Saban's not going anywhere no. at all. <laughs> no. Uh, Especially but, with the amount of money that they are throwing his way. He has to be, in his contract, he has to be the highest paid coach in the SEC. Yeah. Like, no. if anybody else in the SEC gets a pay raise – and it's more than his, he automatically gets a pay raise to make him the highest paid coach. So there's like zero chance he would ever leave. When we get in the results from the bet, uh, whenever he gets access to the computer or the laptop, I really tell you. Uh, I mean, I can see if I can see if I emailed. While you do that, I'm going to try to get the uh, Alabama – upcoming uh football schedule up here after the show i'll try and get that information off of the i got it email stuff and i'll try and get that all figured out yeah and listen nick saban i didn't realize nick said dude he's a midget he's five six yeah you imagine like he is coaching people who are six foot eight 300 plus pounds Imagine, and they're all afraid of him. They're like, oh, no, Nick Saban gets after you, dude. You got to back up. And I'm like, he's like a little chihuahua. He's like, a little, yep. he's like, get down and give me 20. I'm like, you mean 20 inches or 20 push-ups, man? I don't know what you're asking me. <laughs> I don't know what you're asking. So, we stand our uh, short the, kings here. The thing with him is, it, I think it's the way that he presents himself. You know, when you watch him on TV, you would never even – question like what his height is because you're just like that dude is passionate intelligent and is like wants to connect with his players he wants his players to be safe on and off the field he wants them to play some competitive football and the way he speaks he doesn't stutter he doesn't um he doesn't uh he doesn't do anything like that it's complete full sentences with straight authority and i think that's what makes him such a great coach and because I mean, height does matter. I mean, if you got like a three foot something Whoa, coach hey, trying we stand, to get out we, there, we stand our short hey, kings over here, man. No, we listen, do man, not. Listen, man, you can't control your height. No, don't we let these do not. Don't, don't let Taylor or these women tell you you can't find love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can find love. I, I I ain't even touching that subject. Okay. I'm saying 
if I get look, if I'm on a football team and my coach, like, you know, we get a brand new coach, he comes out and he's like three foot and I hear in the background, I'm like, all right, guys, go ahead and uh, go out there and give me 20. I'm going to be looking around and I see that guy. I'm like, I am not taking him serious. I, I'm I'm sorry. Like yeah. this entire locker room ain't taking him serious. Do but... you think his favorite holiday is um, St. Patrick's Day? Like, do you think he so runs around his? Time, uh, no. <laughs> do you think he runs around Al at uh, Tuscaloosa in like a little green outfit, like domestically delicious? I think that Nick Saban hardly celebrates any holidays. He's just such a gloom, you know, like serious all the time type of guy. I feel like holidays are a very uh, sad occasion for for the most part. At the same, I, I, I would I would I would say Christmas is probably where you might get a little chuckle and a laugh out of them. But I feel like Halloween and stuff like that, just it's pretty, it's a dull event. Yeah. I mean, imagine him like, cause he's always serious all the time. At least that's how we picture him. He's at home and his wife's like, babe, uh, can we go, can we go get like, you know, some food? And he's like, all right, this is what's going to happen. You're going to do a 12 yeah. out post. It's going to be a, a three step drop back. Then we're going to go forward. It's going to be a run. And we're going to meet the door. At the door, we're going to get into the car. It's going to be about a 20-minute drive. Once we get there, we're going to give the cashier our money, and that's how we score on two. Ready? Break. And then... <laughs> yeah, 100%. It, I, I, I just know for a fact family vacations are planned like a year in advance. Like no. hotel stay, where are you going to be at? What The first day, every single thing, where are you going to go, where are you going to eat? We're going to go get a drink, and then what time you're going to be back at the hotel is scheduled, written down on a piece of paper a year in advance, 100%. He's the dad that's like, you're like, oh, man, we're in Hawaii. Dad, can we go to the beach? He's like, no, the beach is scheduled at 2 o'clock. Yeah. At 1 o'clock, <laughs> we're going to go and go yeah. see a luau. You already knew this. You had the itinerary. I, I printed it out. I I did the Excel yeah. sheet and everything. You are We are going by the book. And you're like. But dad, yep. I want to swim with sea turtles. He's like, do sea turtles are are they on an itinerary? I didn't think You're so. Cut. <laughs> You're cut. Get out of here. <laughs> Ride the bench. I need a new kid. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It, I guarantee you, family vacations are tough. Yeah. Uh, we, all right. Let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this schedule prediction, right? If we're going Jalen Milrow, uh, they lost some big time talent. So let's see. Uh, do they lose the Middle Tennessee State? No. All right. So that's one win. They lose to Texas. Yes. All right. We're one and one. I, I can see that. Um, South Florida? No. Yeah, I, I agree. There'll be two and one here. Ole Miss? No. I think they'll edge out Ole Miss. Yeah. I, don't, I think Lane Kiffin's a good coach, but he is. Not good is. enough. Yeah. Uh, so three and one. Mississippi State? Uh, no. No, they don't win that one? No, they win that one. Okay, so four. I'll, I'll just instead instead of saying no, I'll tell you win or loss. All right. Uh, so four and one. Uh, Texas A and M. Uh, win. So five and one. Arkansas. Win. Six and one. Tennessee. Loss. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking L there too. So we at six and two. Yeah. Uh, LSU. I think that's another L to me. That's an L. If they if they build on what they had last season, that's yeah. definitely an L. Brian Kelly's got that LSU team, uh, so that's what six and three, not looking good. Alabama's already out of the playoffs at this point. Kentucky win seven and three. Chattanooga win. 
Yeah, that's uh, eight and three. Auburn. Mm, they're building a squad over there, but I think win. All right, so nine and three. So we think they're going to go nine and three. Is it nine or nine and three? There's thirteen. Yeah. How many games are there? Ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve games. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nine and three. Nine and three. So. Yeah, I mean, I could see. Uh, Texas is Texas is definitely a fifty-fifty one, but. I mean, yours, we saw. Build off what he. He did yeah, last year. Plus, I think he's got it. I mean, the team that they Alabama had last season barely edged out against a Texas team that did not have their starting quarterback yeah. for 90% of the game. So, I mean, a healthy Texas team, you know, now that Ewers kind of has that playbook memorized now, he's healthy, and they've got that squad rolling. I think Texas has got him on that one. Although that running back position's uh, interesting with Texas. See yeah. what they can uh, – get back there but Mustard. i still think texas will uh we'll get past them on that one yeah i agree i think uh and that's gonna maybe put nick saban on the hot seat you know no. two back-to-back -back years he missed the playoffs nah. maybe he goes to oklahoma i'm just kidding <laughs> nah, 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 nah. no 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 he's not on a hot seat hot seat anytime soon unless they go like two and nine or something like that if they go two and nine like three seasons in a row, maybe they'll be like, maybe he's on the hot seat. But you can't bring that many championships and then have a cut like one or two. But there are good seasons. But they are missing the playoffs. Them. They are missing the playoffs because it's not sure, till what twenty twenty four when the twelve team playoff comes in. So yeah, but I mean, with his resume, too good. I mean, there's the season they had was still good. I mean, it yeah. wasn't a bad season. You, there's no shot that they'd be like, eh, we need to reconsider our head coach. <laughs> no, I agree. I just think that Georgia is a new powerhouse. It's no longer Alabama. Oh, yeah. Um, right now, as as it stands right now, Georgia's sitting on top. There's no doubt. Yeah. And if you guys don't know, we are doing the SEC starting out. After we do the SEC, we'll move on to a different conference, predict their schedules, talk about them, and everything like that. We're going to hit every P5 school. So stay tuned with us. About sneeze there. Uh, we'll move on to the NFL, but Taylor, you want to take us in, make sure people follow us and everything like that? Yeah, make sure you're following our Spotify so when you're on the go, you can listen to every single thing we're saying and nod your head in agreeance or shake your head in disagreeance and then shoot over to our YouTube so you can drop a comment and tell us how much you agree or disagree and make sure you follow our TikTok because we post clips and snippets of shows that way you don't have to watch the entire thing if you don't want to but we're always live on Tuesdays try to be on at 7 o'clock sometimes we have scheduling issues technical issues mainly on my end but you know I'm working off of the old Chromebook what you can get at the dollar store for about $5.10 anyways that's when we're live that's when we try to be live we are always active on all social platforms so make sure you head over to them all and hit us up on there we're very active and we will uh, we'll respond alright so let's start with the NFC championship game. And uh, one might say it was not purdy for one particular team. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, the Eagles kind of dominated, although their offense was kind of stale for the most of the most of the time. But they found a way to win. 
against the number one defense. And I think I think that's what people need to focus on is the number one defense versus Philly's offense. Yes, when Purdy got hurt, it was pretty much a wrap. But what the Eagles did, what that offensive line did, what Lane Johnson hurt did to Nick Bosa, the only time you saw Nick Bosa in that game was when he almost got a safety on Jalen Hurts. After that, you did not hear Nick Bosa's name for the entirety of the game. Unless it was people heckling Joey Bosa. It's the only time you heard Bosa all game. Yeah. <laughs> Which was pretty funny. I mean, he was like... I'm a millionaire. Yeah, he was like, I'm rich. I can pay the fines. And it's like, yeah. all right, dude. Like, cool. <laughs> like, uh, But, I mean, to be fair, Philly... Philly's dangerous, we went man. to We went to a game in Philly, man. And the fan, and we went to a preseason game. Yeah, fans were... And the fans yeah. are ruthless, man. Ruthless. They do not care about your soul, your family, you your grandkids. You got kids flipping you off. Yeah, they will go after everything in Philly, man. They do not care. So yeah. I, I mean, I kind of get it. You know, yeah. his uh, his response was like, "I'm rich. You know, I don't care about fines." And plus, he's a big dude. That's somebody I personally wouldn't heckle. Cause yeah, but he's not he's, a small guy. He's one big dude, but you know, how many drunk Philly fans can he take on at one time? So. But you know, you know, you know, Bose is not rolling solo. You know, no. Bose has got some backup. You know, it's not just going to be Bose. He probably has some type of detail with him. I'm not going to say like a, you know, a secret service type of. No, I probably has like Jackson know, Mahomes, you know, doing TikTok dances to keep everyone away. Like, mm, watch out, guys. I mean, that, that that's a good way to get people to stay away from you. What's up? I don't even know what TikTok <laughs> dances. But, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there, but. the defense for, for the 49ers throughout the entire season was the best defense they were scary without man. a doubt yeah. without a doubt they were the best defense and that was the main reason why they were the team to beat it wasn't the offense because the offense has been shredded due to injuries all year purdy put on a phenomenal show up until he got injured it was still the defense that made them the team that they were um which was confusing because it was so lackluster it was like they didn't know that the game was going on that day like you said bosa was almost non-existent i know at one point he got injured on the sideline i don't know exactly what happened there but it didn't look like it was an injury that should take him out of the game or make him less of a threat but they were just non-existent and the eagles were just rolling if it was there they took advantage of it and the 49ers just kept giving it up and up and up and up over and over again yeah and Philly's thing, and Ark Armstead was one of the best run defensive tackles in the game. I like to watch, if you guys don't know, if you guys don't already, follow Brian Braldinger, former uh, Colts and Eagles uh, offensive lineman, NFL Network analyst. He does uh, things called body breakdown. And I was watching his, I like to watch how he breaks down the offensive line and stuff like that. There was multiple play. it was literally run at Armstead, which... Regular season, you'd be like, no, don't do that. But for whatever reason, it was working. Jordan Mailata, uh, Landon Dickerson, uh, Jason Kelsey, they were throwing this grown man left and right and opening holes for Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. And I think once the Eagles realized that they kind of had that advantage, that uh, I mean, just that was it. I mean, we literally, they literally just kept targeting that uh, – left side or that, uh, we say right side, he's a right defensive tackle if you're looking at it from the defensive perspective. But he just kept running that way right at him. And 
it it worked. Now, Purdy got hurt the sixth play of the game. Pretty early. I mean, that's <laughs> sixth play of the game. That's yeah. that's early. But Josh Johnson, the journeyman quarterback, you knew that coming in. You should have had Josh Johnson better prepared. Because if the only quarterbacks you got are Purdy and Josh Johnson, the Eagles and have Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> you gotta potentially play with the potential that maybe someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Now of course Especially with the season that they yeah. had. Now we would have liked Purdy to maybe play through that injury. I know he could barely grip the football, but at least show some tenacity, maybe go, No, coach, I'm gonna go back out there, play another series, but like, oh no, I can't really do it, and then the coach take you out. To me, it looks soft. It did, and I hate to say that. I know he's got a UCL injury, and he, you know, in Major League Baseball, that's a major surgery. That's, uh, what's it called, the Johnson surgery or whatever uh, for pitchers. Tommy John. Tommy Johnson. And so that's going to be a big-time surgery for him, and he probably won't be back, you know, halfway maybe through the next season. So it's going to be Trey Lance next year probably uh, for the 49ers at this point now. But you would at least like to see him show that tenacity to maybe that grit of being the last pick in the draft. Everyone's doubted you to maybe find that courage, maybe that strength to just kind of go out there because this is your last shot to prove you are worth the pick. So I agree with that. I agree with the – in the NFL, you got to have grit. And as a quarterback, you have to have the most, you know, you know, you need to be the one that sets the tone for the team. And while you do say that you would have loved to see him get back out there throughout the entire game, they kept showing him on the sideline, getting worked on, trying to throw the ball, trying to grip the ball. Uh, he put his helmet back on, he put his warmer on, he was sitting there just ready to go. I think this was more of a coach's decision to keep him out of the game. Uh, more so than a Brock Purdy not wanting to get back in there because most players that don't want to get in, that helmet's not going back on. Yeah, like Jimmy you know? G, he's smiling on the sideline yeah. while his team's losing 31-7. to seven, so. Yeah, with, with Trey Lance <laughs> right next with to Trey him. With Trey Lance. Like. But, uh, yeah, but Purdy, he put his helmet back on. Uh, he had his elbow wrapped up, but it looked like he wanted to get back in the game. I definitely don't want to take anything away from him, especially because he, he's a rookie. You know, yeah. he is – this is his first time ever being in a situation like this and an injury like that can affect you pretty severely. If you continue on and let it get worse and worse, which it was a full tear of that tendon that goes through mm-hmm. your elbow there. So he was unable to grip the ball, but eventually he did get back into the game. Uh, he, I think he only threw two times and they were like check down passes. Yeah. So he didn't really try and throw it. And after the game, he said he, there was just no way he could possibly grip the ball like that ability so do you to grip blame, the ball was gone. Do you blame Kyle Shanahan for – because he's an offensive genius, but he did not – like once he saw Purdy go down and he knew Josh Johnson, everyone everyone knows – people who aren't even coaches know Josh Johnson's ability. He's been to 15 yeah. different teams for a reason. So while Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind, I would have liked to see him go, okay, we got we're going to have to go Wildcat. Do something. We're gonna have to do something different. Get CMC involved. Get George Kittle involved and stuff like that. You have Debo, who's a gadget, just like Cordell Patterson with the the Falcons. So you would have liked to see Kyle Shanahan maybe go. All right, we lost our quarterback. That sucks. But I have to get my team. I have to be. I have to be the coach. I have to get my team under wrap. I have to get that confidence. CMC, maybe you're not throwing the ball and you take that one aspect away. But CMC was running pretty decent. He was. Yeah. No. The, 
100% this is on Kyle Shanahan. And the reason we talked about this is once uh, Jimmy G got hurt, so you have Trey Lance, boom. I think it was second game of the season hurt. Yeah. Then Jimmy G hurt out for the remainder of the season. Then you're left with Brock Purdy. You need to sign somebody else because you cannot just have two quarterbacks going in yeah. to an NFC always be championship three. Always game. Be three. Yeah, you can't go in there with two quarterbacks, especially one that is a journeyman quarterback whose ability is just there to garbage time. You know, that's pretty much what you would put him in for. Definitely not a backup quarterback for an NFC championship. And I hate to say that, you know, because, I mean, he's been around the league for, what, 15 different teams. Yeah. But you definitely need a third quarterback there for situations like this. Like, I don't, there's plenty of people that are sitting at home yeah. that you could have picked up and signed for a she, year for, like, a million. You know, there's, uh, oh, what's his name? Ben DiNucci. You could have signed up Ben DiNucci. There's uh, uh, the former uh, Green Bay Packer quarterback. I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, Bunkert? Kurt Bunkert? Yeah, yeah Kurt Bunkert. He, I know he's sitting at home right now. There's plenty of quarterbacks. He was with the 49ers. They cut him. They cut so, him. He was with the I mean, 49ers. He, he probably would have been like, yeah, I'm, I'll head right back. You know, yeah. He already knows the playbook and everything like that. So it boils down to the coaching staff for not preparing that team for potential injuries because this whole team has been injured left and right and they should have seen something coming or at least prepared for a situation where Brock Purdy gets injured. Yeah. You know, and they didn't and they failed. And then whenever Brock Purdy was out, everything stopped. The only thing that they had going for them was CMC and CMC can only do so much. Yeah. And, uh, as you guys can see at home in the graphic, uh, it says he got brocked. What a purdy injury. This injury is significant because, yes, the 49ers were going to lose at that point. Uh, yep. Just was kind of written in stone. But it's going to carry into next season. You have Trey Lance. Didn't look good. He's going to start. He's going to start. Did not look good. And he was smiling on the sideline, which, side note, if I'm your teammate, and I see you smiling on the sideline with Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not my leader next season. Because we are losing 31-7. to How dare you? I, I'm as a teammate. I'm a, I am pissed off getting killed in the championship game. Getting embarrassed on the championship game. Yep. On national I'm not mad. I wouldn't be mad at Jimmy G, though, because he knows he's gone. Yeah, I mean, they he's were making him practice him. by himself. They were literally yeah. making him practice by himself. Yeah. So I get Jimmy G. But Trey Lance, who's... Come on, dude. You you got to be smarter than that. You cannot be smiling. This has got to be going up to your guys going, hey, I'm hurt, you know, whatever, clapping hands and stuff like, hey, you you guys got it. You got it. You got it. Get your head out the game, you know. Yeah. I, I don't want to see you cracking jokes. Um, I mean, it, and that's just that. But, like, I don't know. The Eagles, this was an impressive win to me, but not as nearly as impressive when Brock Birdie got out. I think there was impressive moments for Philly. I, especially for their defense. I think their offense staled out. It didn't look great. Their offense no, their offense bad. definitely needs some polishing up. And I think a lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts not being 100%. No. And he came into the game saying that, too. He said that he wasn't 100%. But if that's Jalen Hurts not at 100%, the league should be scared of 100% Jalen Hurts, without a doubt. 
because yeah. there were some passes that he missed. Big one at uh, A.J. Brown. There were some TDs he missed, but if that is a not 100% with a hurt shoulder, Jalen Hurts, digging deep, going out there and saying, I'm not sitting this one out. It's the NFC Championship. I'm going out and playing. I don't care if I'm not 100%. I know I'm going to have a target on my back. I yeah. know they're going to be going for my shoulder. Whatever. I'd be scared if he is 100%. We got two weeks of the Super Bowl, so you know yeah. it's plenty of time to recover. Yeah. If he's 100%, that offensive line does what they just did this past game, and your defense is the way that they played, that's a scary team. And I don't. I don't want to sit here and say that because I'm rooting for the Eagles because you're an Eagles fan, but as a NFL fan watching, that's scary. Yeah. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is still dealing with a high ankle sprain, and I know he said, yeah, he's doing good, and uh, you know, fine. the grace of God. He looked fine. Uh, yeah, and the grace of God healed me. But if he is actually dealing with a uh, high ankle sprain, it will be a problem. Yeah. Because – his m- movement and his ability to scramble out of the pocket is one of his biggest weapons. So I don't know if he actually has a high ankle sprain. I know he probably sprained his ankle, but when I watched the replay of the injury, it didn't look like a high ankle sprain. I've had a high ankle sprain, and the way he's walking around and playing under that game, somebody needs to start checking the juice that's in his water bottle because it's something other than water or Gatorade or something. Because I be, I mean, I could be a month after, and I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh. But you know, he he thanked God uh, for giving him the ability to heal that fast. Which, I'm, and if he did, he did, cool. But I'd still be worried and concerned about uh, Patrick Mahomes' injury and potentially getting re-injured. Because I think this has happened to him a couple of times. I think his legs have been giving him a couple of issues over the yeah. past two, three years now. So, yeah. But the Eagles, they looked good considering the Jalen Hurts injury. Uh, he wasn't 100%. I definitely wouldn't say that it's concerning. Uh, two weeks to get straight, uh, get healed up, rest up, you know, I think they'll be good. Yeah. And I agree. I think, like I said, the Eagles' defense was super impressive. They broke the yeah. sack record, and you have a son Reddick, and this is why we can go back to Kyle Shanahan for a bit. Not only not having a third-string quarterback, changing up your game plan. You have a son Reddick. I think he had 18 and a half sacks at this point. Why are you blocking him with a tight end? On the play that Hurdy got, uh, Purdy got hurt, they were. Blocking him solo, there was no help. It was a tight end. There was no tackle. The right tackle didn't help Asan Red, uh, block Asan Red. It was a simple mono e mono, and Asan Reddick is way too good to, to be blocking with it. And I understand. It's a play-action pass. That's usually, historically, what happens is the tight end blocks the or at least chips the uh, defensive end. But you have to gauge who he's going against. It's not yeah. going against a normal defensive end. He's going against Hassan Reddick, who has 18 and a half sacks. As an offensive coordinator, you at least put another tight end over there, or maybe another tackle, maybe a backup tackle. You overload. Uh, that would be the right side of the offensive line. 
put that tight in there, let him chip, or have the extra tackle help block Hassan Reddick. You don't go one mono mono. Hassan Reddick won, wins that 10 out of 10 times, and he did, and now Brock Purdy's hurt because of it. The Eagles' defense was impressive. The offense has the ability to do better. They played decent. They have a chance to do better. To everyone out there who doubted Jalen Hurts, including myself last year, this man needs his props. Last year, I was calling for his head, and it's time for me to stand in the paint. I said, there is no way he is a franchise quarterback. He had like a 50%. Multiple times. Yes. He had a 50% completion percentage. Uh, and everything. And I said, if he's going to be a franchise quarterback, he has to improve as a passer. And that was true. It's not like I was wrong back then. That was true. But the amount, and Taylor said this. He said every year, Oklahoma and Alabama, he, he improved. And, he, and I should have listened. I should have listened to the Sooner. All right? Sooner fan over here. Because that's what he did. He went to the offseason, said, hey, these are my weaknesses. I need to improve my uh, my pocket awareness, my uh, progressions for re- uh, for reads. I need to progress, uh, fix my throwing motion and my accuracy. And that's what he did. And now we're seeing Jalen Hurts of potentially getting a big-time contract, and he's in the Super Bowl. So props to Jalen Hurts. He's definitely giving a big-time contract. Yeah, and uh, I'll stand in the paint and say I was wrong. And I'm happy to have Jalen Hurts in my quarterback now. Uh, definitely a happy, and you're happy to be wrong i'm happy to be wrong that's what, right yeah that's one of those times like Whoa, i'm glad i'm wrong <laughs> yeah Man. no i'm 100 percent glad to be wrong jalen hurts to that offense is important and chris sims you know former nfl quarterback said you can put anybody in philly's offense didn't jalen hurts is not that important now bart scott said the same thing wrong. bart scott and bart scott said some stupid things um, he's kind of contingent on that. Like, that's kind of Bart Scott's kind of thing. You know, say something stupid. And he said, Chris Sims is still saying it, but they, they said the offense will still be fine without Jalen Hurts, and that is the difference. We saw what happened. They could barely beat a crappy, very bad New Orleans Saints team, and they didn't beat them, actually. They lost. So they didn't like, – with Gardner Minshew in there, who is a decent quarterback – they were not as good as they were. Jalen Hurts' ability to run scares defenses. So even though he did not run that much against the 49ers, they still had to sit back on those RPOs. And it opened up the, the field for Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell. So congratulations, Philly. The only way that statement would be true is if you were placing in another great quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes, yeah. a Tom Brady, a Lamar Jackson, or a quarterback of that stature into that team, then yeah, you can plug and play with any quarterback. But you cannot put in Gardner Minshew and that offense work. We saw it. It did not work. It's yeah. just it's not a built for uh, any quarterback type of team. Yeah. It's Jalen Hurts is the reason why that team operates as smoothly as they do when he's on the field it's, it's plain and simple now ryan says in the comments jalen is good he may become great someday i would agree i don't think he's great yet he's a great leader no, no. he has great attributes as far as that goes and off the field intangibles but he does have like he's good he's a good quarterback he's going to lead your team to the super bowl obviously we see that is he on the patrick mahomes joe burrow justin herbert level no 
as far as talent, as far as talent goes, as far as wins and everything other than that, yes, he is. But he is not up there. We're going to move over to the AFC, Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. And this game's got me feeling like the NFL might be rigged. We talked about it the other week. Taylor, your thoughts? There were a few uh, times where it seemed as though that the refs were siding with a certain team that were not in orange and black. Uh, But do I think it's rigged? No. Uh, I think that if you're going to boil it down to, oh, well, the refs cheated us, don't be in the position to let the refs cheat you out of a game. That's that I'll say that uh, time and time again, the 49ers were saying it when they were down seven to 30, they were saying that the refs were calling bull crap calls on them, but they were all legitimate. Uh, there were a few, uh, but these two games, the way that they were officiated, I, I you does not convince me that it's rigged whatsoever. Um, I, I just don't like the refs cheated us out of the game. That's uh, a lazy excuse, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I can't stand it. I hate it. Even as a fan, whenever I say, oh, well, you know, if the refs would have, you know, not called us on all these bullcrap, you know, it just, once I go back and rethink about it or reread it, if I posted it, I'm like, man, I look stupid saying that. You know, the yeah. team should have put themselves in a position where if they get a 15-yard penalty, it doesn't affect them, you know. Put yourself in a position to succeed. And they weren't able to do that, and then the penalties hindered them even more. And that's on them as a team, you know. Yeah. But and that's, that's my take. I don't understand why no one's talking about they had two minutes, two timeouts, and a chance to win the game. They messed that up. They messed it up, and that's on them. The offense, Joe, and I I love Joe Burrow. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. It'd be stupid for me not to say that he is not. But you give Pat Mahomes 13 seconds, and you saw what he could do last year. Come back and win. So you would like to see a little more out of your quarterback, and out of your offense, because that is a high-powered offense, whether they don't have an offense line or not. They have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, and Edge O.B., Joey Mixon, whole nine. You would like to see your offense be able to take the game and put it on their shoulders. Two minutes, two timeouts, get down the field, waste clock, get in the field goal range, have Evan McPherson kick a nice, easy field goal. They didn't do that. They gave it up, turnover, you know, uh, Chiefs ball. Chiefs marched down, what, 50-something seconds down. And win off a of field goal. Yep. So you would like to see the Bengals. Now, granted, the Chiefs were helped a little bit with Joseph Asai's little, you know, late push. We'll get to that in a yeah, second. A little bit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were helped a lot <laughs> that of That helped it. them out a lot. That helped them out a lot. Um, cause I was, especially because I was a fourth down. So it would have been a 60-yard field goal that, for the Chiefs. Yeah, but, that would have been about a 55, 60-yard field yeah. goal that they most likely would have missed. So then went to o- overtime. That did help them out a lot. And we'll talk about that in a second. But you would like to see the Bengals not blame the refs. Blame your offense. Where did they get, when the game was on the line, where did they go? They, they, were, they were going nowhere. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, I will reiterate this until the Bengals finally make a decision. They need to – that offensive line 
That's where it boils down to. The offensive line needs to be enhanced or else this is going to be a repeat every single season. Give Joe Burrow the time he needs to get something going. Yeah. He can't formulate a good play out of nothing if he has like one second before he's being destroyed by three different defenders. Yeah. I mean, every single time that offensive line breaks down and he's got three dudes on top of him every single play, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, he is one of the, if not the most sacked quarterback in the league right now. And if you want to win Super Bowls and you want to keep your quarterback safe and uninjured, fix the offensive line. Everything else is great. Your defense, you have a really good defense. It's That's a fact. You have a good defense. You just need to beef up that offensive line, and you guys are Super Bowl contenders year after year. Straight up. I mean, and they almost made it this year. And, yes, the refs were questionable. Michael, uh, not Michael, uh, his cousin, Samaji Pirine, was in the vicinity of that pass. That was not intentional grounding at all. No. Uh, watching that at home, I was like, man, if I'm an Eagles fan or I'm a Bengals fan, I'm, I'm throwing a fit about that one because that did help. Uh, the Chiefs defense, and obviously they had a punt and all that, and I get that. But, again, I would just like to see that offense do a little more. And like you said, that offense line is bad. Uh, there's a lot of people hoping that the Bengals win just so that the Eagles defense line could go against that offensive line. Like, oh, the Eagles. <laughs> you were one of them. Yeah, the Eagles already won the Super Bowl, man. I ain't got to worry about yeah. that. Um, and that should not be the problem. You see a lot of these great teams, they have great offensive lines. You have – the Chiefs, who have the number one offense line when it comes in regards of sacks, is they don't give up sacks. The Bengals are on the opposite end of that. Uh, the Eagles, Lane Johnson, Lane Dickinson, uh, Jason Kelsey, three Pro Bowls, one of the best offense lines in the game. The 49ers, one of the best offense lines in the game. Bengals, I don't know how they made it to the championship game with that offensive line. I don't. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. And that, that speaks to Joe Burrow, how good he is. But, again, I would still like to see them push down the field um, and get something going. And plus, I mean, you got to give it, give some of the credit as to why they didn't win on some of the receivers. I mean, there was a play where Joe Burrow threw an absolute dime to Jamar Chase, and it hit him right in the face. Right yeah. in the face. You got to catch that. If it hits you in the face, you, you catch it. Straight up. If it hits anywhere on your body in football, it's just a known fact that if you touch the football, you should come down with the football unless you're interfered with yeah. or you know somebody comes up and just absolutely destroys you. But if, if you touch it with your head, your hands, your arms, yeah, chest, man, Just look at Devontae stomach, Smith's any... catch. <laughs> yeah, that one. Catch. Smart, you know, smart on Demonte's part with the whole hand signal, like, hey, I didn't catch yeah. that. Like, hurry up, let's go. Yeah, he was like, well, let's get this show <laughs> on the roll. Like, we need to get up on the line, yeah. snap this ball right now. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot that you can blame. You can blame the refs. You can blame the offensive line. You can blame uh, Jamar Chase for not catching that ball. You can blame uh, the coaching staff for not uh, having the best clock management in the last two minutes. You could blame. Uh, the late hit uh, on Patrick Mahomes that gave them that additional 15. I mean, there's a lot that you can blame, but the refs did not cheat them. 
the Bengals cheated themselves, and that offensive line is the number one. Uh, That's a headline right there in that game. Yeah. That is a headline right there. Now, speaking of that play, that uh, push out of bounds, Joseph Asai, rookie, rookie mistake. Quarterback next got to the sideline, fourth down, late hit, and we saw Pratt kind of go off on him, headed to the locker room. And I, as a media member, I know you're trying to get the shot, but that's maybe not the time, right? The kid's yeah. beating himself up. You see, he didn't even look at the play. He got injured on the play. He was on the sideline crying because he knew he had just lost his team the game. I don't like how Pratt took that. And I understand as a competitor, listen, I'm the same way. If someone, if I screwed up the game, one, I'm sad. But if someone else screwed up the game and we could have won to the Super Bowl, I am livid. But you cannot do that as a teammate. You cannot sit there and berate him. You have to go, and hey, that's not you. Because guess what, Pratt? Guess what? Did you not mention the multiple times that you were on Travis Kelsey and Travis Kelsey was wide open <laughs> for a first down? Was that on Joseph Asai or was that on you? The 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 fact that the Bengals are not take he is not taking the accountability is and he's putting it on now again that aside he screwed up. You could say that he lost them the game. At least eighty percent of the blame is on Asai. You've got to be smarter than that. And uh, LaShawn McCoy said that they like to take plays and stuff like that in the NFL from the previous season to show rookies and, and newcomers. And, that, and he said that's going to be one of the plays. And I agree. That's going to be one of the plays that he's, they're going to show and go, hey, don't be stupid. That's a hot-headed play. That's a – we've got to stop these guys. You know, the game is on the line. I've got to make something happen. Yeah, and he said he blacked out. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. He tried to do something – stop Patrick Mahomes unfortunately it was it was one second too late yeah one second too late and it cost that's what truly uh, and I hate to <laughs> put the blame on the guy because you know he's already down, 80 percent they said 80 percent of that blame does need yeah. to go on his side yeah because they would have definitely missed that kick uh if he didn't push him out of bounds late yeah but kind of is what it is you know you learn and next season, hopefully they're better and they can capitalize on the mistakes that they made this postseason and come back stronger. Yeah, I, I think they're primed for next season to do just as good. I think like, unless Brady goes – or no, he might go to the 49ers. Unless he goes to the Raiders, I think really the three teams again are the – the AFC is easy to predict. It's the Bengals, the Chiefs, yep. and, the, and the Bills. Yep. So – I mean, every year they're going to have a chance. Uh, they definitely, like you said, need to build that offensive line. Chris Jones was eating that offensive line for breakfast. Chris, so. <laughs> Chris Jones is disgusting. disgusting. Good Lord, man. Yeah. That man's nasty. So it, it's going to – it. don't blame the refs. Blame yourselves. And Joseph Asai for 80%. <laughs> <But> jo- <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> but – Listen, and I, and I don't want Joseph Asai beating himself up too long because this is a NFL not for long if you can't move on and learn from that. But next year, he's not going to have the rookie mis- uh, the rookie excuse to say, oh, I was a rookie or I blacked out. You can't black out in these big-time games. you got to be smart. This is where intelligence goes over uh, brute power and stuff like that. So yeah. with that being said... We'll get on to the Super Bowl. We have Kansas City 
versus the Philadelphia Eagles. It's gonna they're wearing red. The Eagles are wearing green, so it's gonna be like the Christmas Bowl. Um, a little late. It's gonna be Andy Reid versus Andy Reid's former team, Kelsey versus Kelsey. Oh yeah. This is gonna be a good game. Oh so, yeah, for the Kansas City Chiefs, they are taking it home. I could see it. I could see it. Kansas City. I don't. I, I'm never doubting Pat Mahomes ever. So, <laughs> I mean, here's no, her I, ankle. My thing is, I'm not. I'm not doubting Patrick Mahomes. I'm not doubting Andy Reid. Mm. Andy Reid is a mastermind in the game of football. We've given a lot of credit to Bill Belichick. We've given a lot of credit to Nick Saban in the college uh, aspect. Andy Reid deserves some respect because that man has been a phenomenal coach his entire career, Yeah, in my personal opinion. And what he's been able to do with the Kansas City Chiefs is great because this season was not supposed to end like this for them because they got rid of Tyreek Hill, their number one weapon. They had no one to replace him at the time. They lost, what was it, four straight games at the beginning of the season. Everyone said, it's a wrap, game over. They didn't lose a single game after that. Then they did the whole loop-de-doop-de, spin a rooney Phenomenal. Yeah. Exceptional. The Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid, it's a hard team to bet against. I hate to say it, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs will win. But there is, I don't know, both teams are just stacked. It's going to come down I, who's I, more physical. I think that's what comes down to it. Um, and they're not being a homer. I think the Eagles are a little more physical of a team. I'm just going to – I think I'm going to go with Philly. I think Kansas City could win, though. Like you said, Andy Reid is an offensive mastermind. Like 100 wins with the Eagles, 100 wins with the Chiefs, Super Bowl win with the Chiefs, Super Bowl appearance with the Eagles, five NFC championships with the Eagles, you know, and a lot more coming with the Chiefs on the AFC side. He has dominated either division. Like, it doesn't matter if it's AFC, NFC, it doesn't matter. He has dominated. Now, Pat Mahomes, would Pat Mahomes be Pat Mahomes without Andy Reid? Yeah. If he would have got drafted to the, the to the Bears? I don't know. Yes. I think Pat Mahomes had all his skill sets, but he was raw and had to sit a year behind Alex Smith. But I still think, you know, Pat Mahomes probably would, yes. Like you said, yes. He would still be Pat Mahomes. As long as he had a quarterback that allowed him to be the player that he is. Yeah. You know, there are some coaches that hold back players. Like, I mean, we saw Trevor Lawrence. He was held back his first year under uh, Urban. I mean, that man was held back to the max. (laughs) And then... Now we actually got to see what he was capable of. You know, as long as you have a coach that's going to let you do what you're capable of doing and what you're comfortable with doing, rather than saying, no, you do this the way I say to do it. Yeah. Then, yeah, you're going to succeed. So I believe that, yes, if he was under a different coach, but still had somebody that was like, hey, I understand your talents and your capabilities. I'm going to allow you to use that and utilize it to how yeah. you see fit as long as it goes with our scheme. And Andy Reid's allowed him to do that, and it's worked out phenomenally for them. So as long as he had a coach that would do that, I think he would still be the Patrick Mahomes that we have now. Yeah, I agree. I, this game is – I don't think 
like I think the the Eagles are starting with a one point five point favorite in this game, and I can see why, uh, especially if Jalen is a hundred percent, and yep. you know Kandarius Tony is obviously a threat, but he has injury problems. Uh, he did get injured the championship game. He's going to be back. It's two weeks. They're going to get the receiving quarterback. I get the reason why I say it who's ever more physical is I think the Eagles are more physical on defense as far as their corners and DBs go. Uh, the Chiefs have a lot of fast players, but they're a lot of small guys. They're not yeah. super physical. So as long as Darius Slay and James Bradbury and uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson and and company can kind of lock those receivers down. It's really just Travis Kelsey. And that, I know, just Travis Kelsey. Just Travis Kelsey. Greatest <laughs> tight end of all time. Greatest just the end. best tight end best in the league right now. Just. But if they, they – now they have to watch out for uh, – what's his name? Pache, uh, the running back. Pacheco. Pacheco. He's a rookie. He's a monster. Uh, that man will run you over. And he's fast. He, he got shut down, though, against the Bengals. But – if the Eagles can shut down the receivers and that running game and they only have Travis Kelsey, you make that game one-dimensional. Yeah. So I think that's the, the game plan for Philly is just be more physical up front. It's going to be hard, man. They got Creed Humphrey, rookie center out of Oklahoma. He's already a top-five center in the league. So, you know. Absolutely. Repre- Oklahoma a- represent, <laughs> huh? <laughs> that dude's a fucking beefcake. Yeah. And uh, Oklahoma actually, you know, we're gonna, have to, you know, shout out to to Taylor's Oklahoma Sooners. They have the most players in the Super Bowl this year. They got two Oklahoma for Philly. Sooner. They got two for Philly, and I think like. And first seven. time having a Oklahoma quarterback in the Super Bowl starting. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, this game is first of many. First two brothers, first of uh, two black quarterbacks placing each other. Um, the first of Andy Reid giving the Eagles a Super Bowl ring. So, <laughs> um, the first for Carson Wentz's, both Carson Wentz's backups to win a Super Bowl uh, yep. ring. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's so disrespectful. People are still bringing Carson. They're like, man, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles was a backup and won a ring, and Jalen Hurts was Carson's backup, and he's going to win a ring. <laughs> it's so disrespectful, man. That man, somebody needs to put Carson on suicide watch, man. Yeah, that is. Because that dude gets dogged on. My man wakes up and he's like, today's going to be a great day. The birds are shining. Carson Wentz is the worst quarterback (laughs) to ever play the game. Yeah. (laughs) He gets crapped on. He gets, and you know, his own fault. Uh, He played decent with the Indy, but he did not play good with the Commanders. Um, But yeah, so I, I think that Philly takes this game. I think it's going to be a close one. I thought the 49ers game was going to be close with Philly. Obviously, you lose your starting quarterback. If Purdy Purdy was healthy, I think it would have been a a lot closer. Yeah. But uh, I think Philly wins this because I just think there's more depth with Philly. And, you know, I just want to see more Nick Sirianni looking at the camera going, you know, I just want to see that. I want to see Jason Kelsey doing his little dance with Miles Sanders. Yeah. Uh, but Kansas City definitely has the firepower, and Pat, you never doubt Pat Mahomes. He's the top five never. quarterback of all time. So yeah, It's going to be a good game. I have my prediction. 
Uh, Eagles. I'm, I'm just going to go Eagles. I've got faith in Jalen. All right, guys. Well, we lost. Kansas City won now, thanks uh, to the jinx there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man's going on FanDuel. That's why he's saying it. Man's probably got like a, a $100 bet <laughs> that he's going to win with the Kansas nah. City or something. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm definitely not putting any bets on this game because this one's a 50-50 for me. Yeah. I think they're both – I think it's – Instead of, you know, David versus Goliath, I think it's Goliath versus Goliath right now. Yeah. So I just it's going to be a fun one regardless. The, the funny it's going to be an interesting, fun Super Bowl to actually watch this year. Yeah. And is that, yeah, who played last year? The Rams or something? That wasn't that interesting. <laughs> Guys at home on Spotify, uh, Taylor is staring me dead face. If you guys don't know, he's a Rams fan, so. They had to sell their they had to sell their soul for the they had to sell we their got soul. one yeah they had to sell their soul to get one though you know <laughs> still got one we'll see you in ten years yeah they don't have a first round draft pick at all we'll see you at in all. ten um yeah so you got Philly I got Philly I think it's gonna be a close game <clears throat> before we wrap things up guys we forgot to talk about something Sean Payton breaking new. Ooh. Just throwing pins out here. Sean Payton breaking news has been traded to the Denver Broncos for uh, the Saints. Or the Saints get the Denver Broncos first round pick this year and the second round pick next year. The Broncos get Sean Payton in a second round pick next year as well. <coughs> so our third round pick. So it's done. Russell Wilson's got his coach. Do you think Sean That's Payton can turn the Broncos around? Yes, I think this is the best thing for Russell Wilson to get him out of whatever groove he's in. I mean, Sean Payton's a Super Bowl winning head coach who coached one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game in Drew Brees. And he made Drew Brees who Drew Brees is and was. And I think him coming in and having the experience that he has is going to completely change that entire team. And I expect Russell Wilson to be the comeback player of the year next year. Guaranteed. Do the Broncos get to the playoffs? I'm not going to say Super Bowl to get to the playoffs. I will say yes, they do get to the playoffs. Super Bowl is – that one, I, I don't want to say anything on that one, but playoffs, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I like that hire, man. Uh, like you said – he changed Drew Brees' trajectory on his career. Drew Brees was hurt, you know, with San Diego Chargers at the time. Was a good quarterback, wasn't a great quarterback, and now he's considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Russell Wilson, if he can flip things around, I think the Broncos are legit a playoff team. Still not a threat to the Bills, the Bengals, or the Chiefs, but <laughs> they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah. They'll be a fun team to watch again. Yeah. Now, the other splash hire today was D'Amico Ryan's going and returning back to the Houston Texans, which is where we Six pre- years, right? Five yeah. or six years? Yeah, which was where we predicted him to go. Uh, said they like defensive-minded head coaches. He had the number one defense in the league with the 49ers. Uh, they said, we said as long as he squashes quarrels with the uh, Houston Texans that he would return to the Texans. And, well, Taylor, we were right. So don't be the one to tell you so, but, you know, this is why you listen to the booth, because we told you so. <laughs> we got some inside information, Inside baby. information. Yeah. No, but uh, hopefully that pans out. Hopefully it's not like another year and done, and then that 
another head coach gets paid for the next five, six years to do nothing. Hopefully he's there for the long haul. I hate seeing head coaches, you know, get hired and then get fired after a year, yeah. uh, especially with the Texans. I mean, they do have a couple of pieces. Uh, they got a really good running back. They got a great offensive line. They just need to find themselves a quarterback. They need to get Meche involved. They need to get another wide receiver out there and work on that defense. So I, I say within like the next, yeah. So I say like within the next two years is when you really want to start. Uh, putting him into a position of how are you working out for us? You know, this whole, you know, the like one year deal, like, oh, you didn't turn us into a Super Bowl team in our first year, you're gone. Hate that so much. Yeah, and hopefully that's that. not the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, D'Amico Ryans is a great defensive head coach or uh, coach. He needs, he's going to need a great offensive mind. And I'm going to throw a name out the hat Brian Johnson. Uh, he helped coach Kyle Trask at Florida and made him the quarterback he was at Florida. He went to, Now he's the Eagles QB coach. He has turned Jalen Hurts around. Uh, he's looking for an offensive coordinator position maybe. I think that would be a great uh, hire for the, the Texans. And, he, you know, he's on the next list. People think he might be potential head coaching uh, candidate next year. So I think that would be a great hire. And the reason why I bring up Brian Johnson and his Florida ties is that apparently D'Amico Ryan's and company, they really like a certain Florida quarterback in this draft that they maybe not get at number two, but they could get at pick number 12, Anthony Richardson. Now he would have to sit a year behind Davis Mills and kind of progress and get coached up a little bit. That's why I don't think that the Texans are going to fire him after a year is because they understand this is a project. They understand that they're going to need a good O.C., they're probably going to get a rookie quarterback that's going to be growing. So I think that he gets – I think he'll get at least four years, and if nothing has established by then, that's when they'll probably kick him to the curb. But Yeah. Um, Houston ain't going nowhere. Well, they're going somewhere further than the Colts, so. It would not be the booth if we did not torment my father in the comment section when he brings up the Colts. Uh, so welcome to the booth. He does it to himself. <laughs> does it to himself. Oh man. Puts himself in them situations. Yeah, but uh, I think the Texans and the the Broncos definitely got two good coaching hires. And I we said Sean Payton to the, I think you said Sean Payton to the Broncos or the uh, Cardinals. So it, it, yeah, it was. Uh, I think I said. Chargers, if they fired uh, Stanley or Stanley, whatever his name is, and then the uh, Broncos. Yeah. So, you know, listen to the booth. We, we kind of got inside information. We got a little something, something going on over here. Yeah. But uh, with that being said, what is this song? What is this music choice? Anyways, guys, make sure you follow us on Spotify. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. And make sure you subscribe and hit that bell notification to let us know whenever we go live. We do try to go live at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Obviously, things like Taylor mentioned before when he did this through the break was the, uh, you know, sometimes scheduling happens. Sometimes there's technical difficulties like we experienced today and stuff like that. So it is what it is, but we are 
trying to get on that 7 p.m. schedule, so make sure you're here. If not, check Twitter for updates. We let you guys kind of know if we're going to be late to the show, if we're moving it the next day. Make sure you follow the Twitter as well and the TikTok for snippets. Maybe, like Taylor said, you didn't want to watch an hour and 20 minutes of a podcast or whatnot. You know what you do? You watch our TikToks and you can go to our YouTube page and go over to our video section. And usually a lot of these important segments are broken down to 15 to 20 minute videos, uh, give or take. So again, make sure you like and subscribe. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. And uh, we cannot wait to watch the Super Bowl in two weeks. And catch us on the next episode, guys.